Um, Friday night, I was sitting in my chair watching TV, and, and it was about 10 o'clock, and Micah came home, and I saw that he was visibly upset. Micah's my, my youngest son. I have two boys. Micah's 22, and Caleb's 28. And I said, what's wrong? Well, and I said, get in here and sit down and talk to me. And he began to pour his, his heart out to me. And it, w- it was good stuff. And I said, you know, Micah, you should share that with the people on Sunday morning. And, and I've never pushed my kids to be pre- preachers. Amen. It, it, you know, yeah, it, it would be wonderful, wonderful to be a preacher, but I just want them to be what God wants them to be. And so I want Micah to come because I really believe this is a sign. Come on up, Micah. This is a sign that there's another generation that the God wants to reach. It's the young people. Amen. And so, Micah, just share from your heart what, what God put on you. Okay, so I was at the gym Friday night. Despite, you know, all the fear, all the worrying of everyone going somewhere public, I decided to go to the gym. And when I was there, I started talking to a former teacher of mine. We started expressing our frustrations and our concerns about this whole thing. And when we were done talking, I just became very frustrated. I've been very frustrated and angered with this whole situation with the coronavirus. It's just been driving me crazy because I know that there's something bigger to this, that there's a plan that God has for us. And so I decided to turn off my my workout music, and I put on worship music, and I started to listen to the words, and I believe God started to soften my heart. And uh, the first thing that kind of came to me was that I needed to text Brad and tell him to remind everyone of Harvest Church that we needed to be here on Sunday morning because the enemy doesn't want us to be here together worshiping and praying. And so... I continued on with my workout, and I was just continually frustrated. My mind was busy, and I believe I started to hear from God, and so I started to type out what I heard, and this is part of what I typed out. Um, It is, last year at this time, we were dealing with a physical flood. Now, this year, we might not be dealing with a physical flood, but a spiritual flood. The spiritual enemy, Satan flooding our minds, our schools, our government, and our nation with fear. But just like we recovered from the physical flood a year ago, we are going to recover from this spiritual flood. And we're going to come back stronger than ever. But we have to remain in faith, in word, and in prayer. The enemy wants us full of fear. He wants us to not show up to church. He wants us to not worship together, pray together. When we cancel church, we don't come to church We don't pray and we don't worship. We're giving the enemy control. But that's when we need to strike back harder. We need to pray harder. We need to speak the word over our family, over our church, over our community, our nation, the president, and the body of Christ. For what's done in the dark will be brought to the light. And our God is bigger than any virus, any toilet paper shortage, any economy going downhill, any nation or corrupt politicians coming against our nation, and he is far bigger, stronger, and more powerful than any evil force coming against our nation in the body of Christ. It's time for us to stand up together stronger than ever before to defeat this enemy. The righteous shall prevail in Jesus' name, and the United States of America will be saved in Jesus' name. 
Now, if we look at the flood last year, and we looked how it came just like this. One day everything was fine, and it just hit us like this, and it threw us all into chaos and disbelief. And now we see what this coronavirus is doing in the spirit of fear. One day everything was fine, and the next it just hit us like this. But we seen last year how God took that flood, and he turned it for the better for us. You know, we were all in disbelief. We couldn't know, we didn't know what was happening, but we all knew and sensed that God had a bigger plan for us, that he was going to restore us and make us better than we were before. And I believe that's what God is going to do with this current situation that we're in. With everything closing, the schools, the businesses, the colleges, what else do we have to do than come together and pray? What better time to come together and pray and worship than when we have nothing else to do? And when we come together and pray and worship and spend time in the word, that's how we are going to defeat our enemy. So that's what I have. <clears throat> There's a scripture in, in um, Jeremiah 12, verse 5. And this is a scripture you had last year, all year. And I want to read it to you again because it's really good. And it says, if you've run with the footmen and they have wearied you, and how can you contend with the horses then? And if in the land of peace in which you trusted they wearied you, then how will you do in the floodplain of the Jordan? In other words, you know, if you, if you, you can't handle it when something like this goes occurs, the coronavirus, how are you going to make it in the days ahead? Satan wants you and your family to live in fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound, disciplined mind. And most of the time you'll find you're in fear because you haven't disciplined your mind to the word. So it's real important that you get into the Word and get into the Scriptures. Now, you know, when, as I approach this morning, I have a message, and what I'll do is I'll shorten it up because I really did want to get through it. But I really think it's important. I like everything put into perspective. There was a tribe in, in Israel called, called Ishakar, and they, it says this about them. This one characteristic is they had discernment of the times. They discerned the times in which they lived. In other words, they had inside information. And so we as believers, as Christians, we should have inside information if we're in the Word. And I want to give you some perspective today. And, and uh, what I'd like you to do, did you take, if you take notes, you need to write this down. It's Hank and Brenda. Hankandbrenda.org. Now, if you don't have a pen or a piece of paper, that's fine. Um, Brad, we need to make sure Brad or Abe remind Brad to, to send that to you. It'll connect you with their ministry. It's One Voice Ministry. Pastor Hank and Brenda are in Omaha. You've heard me talk about them. We've had relationship with them. For, my gosh, 25 years probably, 30 years. He's a prophet. And if you'll get on there Wednesday night of this, this week, 
the night the president addressed the nation, God woke him up a week prior and told him to do this this conference, teleconference, and he and and his wife Brenda got on the stage at, at Lord of Hosts in Omaha and and gave us perspective of this coronavirus. And it is it's about fifty minutes long, but I encourage you, get on. Are you looking at me? Are you listening? Listen to it. It'll it'll bless you. It'll help you. It'll bring understanding of the times in which we are living right now. And after listening to it, I was just, you know, I was I wasn't in fear before that, but I'm just encouraged. Copeland years ago used to talk about the devil, you know, and and dealing with the devil. He says he had the analogy of a ball game. He says it's my ball my bat in my backyard and we play till we win so you've got a cop in attitude if you're a believer did you hear me if you need one get around my wife it'll rub off you need to cop an attitude not of defeat but of victory did you hear me and we're going to by the end of this year you're going to see some things that will blow your mind of what the Spirit of God's doing. And uh, so I don't want to give anything away, but will you, listen, will you listen to that for your preacher? The body of Christ, you know, needs the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and teacher. Five-fold ministry gifts. And we're coming into the season and hour where you better listen to what the prophets are saying. Amen. Now, here's I'm going to read these to you. I, you know, I, I give you things, I hand things out, but I don't know if you read them. That's why I go over all the time. Every Sunday morning, the preacher reviews what he said the week before because you've forgotten it. This is Dr. Mark Barclay, and, and uh, this is what he said. Every year he puts out, I predict and beyond. And I'm going to read this to you because I want everything put in perspective. We're putting things into perspective this morning. He says, there are two clouds covering the earth now, a cloud of great filth and a cloud of glory. Run to the glory. The year 2020, now listen, this is, the be- this is good. It's designed to be a year of plenty. Say year of plenty. Plenty of blessing for those who walk with God and live His holy lifestyle. And plenty of trouble for those who don't. So, don't you know, I, the stock market affects your retirement. And yeah, I don't like to do that. I like to win. I like to make money, not lose money. But it's all going to come back. Exceedingly abundantly. Amen. He says, we will see more and more Christians working as double agents. One day for the kingdom of God and another for the kingdom of this world. Time to decide whose side you're on. It's what Pastor Brad talked about. A line being drawn into the sand. He says, there will be a spirit of civil war in America. And without deep intercession and the intervention of God, great rioting in our streets like we haven't seen before. He says, hatred will fight hard to be the dominant force in America, but the church can turn that if we fight, we prevail. 
Many of God's rules, laws, and ways will be cast down if the church does not show up on election day and vote for those who support our God and his ways. He says we will witness both a meltdown and a reckoning in Washington. Time to pray. Now, our president declared today is a day of prayer. So at 5 o'clock tonight, we're going to meet together and pray specific things. When we pray here at Arbor Church, some of you are visiting, just so you understand, because sometimes you can walk into a full gospel church and your hair will be curled. You've, ne- you've never heard people speak in tongues. We speak in tongues here. I thank you for that one amen. I, I know you do, and I'm not ashamed. And so when we pray in the Spirit and pray in tongues, you know, we are praying the perfect will of the Father. And did you say something? Oh, Sandy's amen. Thank you. So we're going to do that tonight and at 5 o'clock. And you say, well, you know, usually we do it on Wednesday night. Well, this coming Wednesday is our teaching service. And so we're going to pray tonight at 5. Amen. He says, many disciples will be anemic and lethargic as they saturate themselves with the news and the drama of the day rather than the ministry of the word of God. In other words, if you're listening, you know, the the people have their phones and they're listening. And the minute your phone goes on and all these things come up about the coronavirus, you know, you're like a computer. Your spirits, you can plug in good stuff or bad stuff. It says, God will blow his trumpet in Zion and sound his alarm in the holy mountain. And many will come and be saved, healed, and finally delivered. Amen to that. There will be manifestations of angels. As we praise and worship our God, there will be times when we will hear the choir of heaven in our sanctuaries. I've had that happen to me once. Probably 20 years ago, standing right there, I heard heaven and I heard the angels sing and I was given a song. So you can. You can hear. He says this, there will be a new fresh hunger for truth. And true, the truly called and God-anointed preachers will deliver it with greater boldness, loudness, and convicting power. And I want you to know I'm truly called, and I'm God-anointed, and I have no problem with being bold, loud. Amen. Demons will manifest this year. I'll let her deal with that. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. They canceled the College World Series. Her cousin's son is one of the coaches, and they stand a chance of winning it. And they, oh, I I left. I went outside. I did. (laughs) Demons will manifest this year, but totally bump into each other as confusion scrambles the region of the damned and their schemes, wiles, and attacks against the holy saints miserably fail. I see the beginnings of a final great revival of repentance and many, many people running to the altar to be clean and shake off the effects of this filthy world, discharging demonic forces and breaking the bands of wickedness. Now, this is good because this lines up with what Pastor Hank said. Things will manifest 20 times faster than before, both in the realm of the good and not so good. So when you declare and you speak, and I stand in my office and I look out over here every morning and I speak and declare the word of God over you. and I speak grace, I speak mercy, I speak 
health I speak, prosperity blessings. That means it's going to happen 20 times faster. God will demonstrate himself strong on behalf of those who proclaim his word and live his lifestyle. Now, maybe, let's, should we just quit here? Better check your records for your church attendance, Bible study, and prayer. I knew that one would go over. Now, listen, here's another one. I'll skip that and go to 16. It says, we, this is number six. No, I'll go to 15. It says, the God of the tithe will manifest himself in the day of your trouble and in the valley of the shadow of death. How does your tithing record book look? See, he's not only an apostle, he's a preacher. We will continue to see the buildup for the preparation of Armageddon. Every nation involved is there now for the first time in human history. Those who fight sin in their own life and help others get free will be personally congratulated by the Holy Spirit. A great boldness, bold as a lion, will come upon Christians who are walking with God and our witness will be the most potent it's been in a very long time. Amen? Nate was telling Kathy, you had a cousin, 15-year-old cousin, was he afraid? What would you do? He led him to Jesus. See, use that fear. Use the fear. Read Jude, the last, the end of Jude. It talks. Whatever it takes to get people saved, get them saved. The Antichrist and those who welcome him will consistently reject the way of the Christian and the Bible lifestyle and claim they have God's permission to live a dirty, deluded life. Final one. We will witness utter destruction. And whore, as God's people turn even more to turn more fleshly and carnal, they will claim their illegitimate lifestyle is liberty rather than wrong, and Satan will drive them to deeper deception. Repent now. So I recognize there's things in here we need to take heed, but also there's there's good things. So when you know, just turn off the TV and quit listening to this thing about coronavirus and wash your hands. But I'm still going to touch my face. I touch my face. I take my glasses off and do this all the time. Especially when people are talking about the coronavirus all the time. You know, oh my gosh. Pastor Hank said this, and and uh, it's really important. He says, this year, promote my mercy and goodness. Promote what? Promote God's mercy and goodness. The church must speak mercy. And Pastor Hank addresses this on that video you'll watch. He says, the decreeing comes before the glory. He says, there will be a di- this will be a decade of difference because he's given us kingdom authority for his hands to work on another generation. If you and I as believers are going to exercise kingdom authority or influence on another generation, then our lives must come into divine order. Say, my life must come into divine order. Just, Caleb, forget the the screen, and I want to get through this. And the next, can you take 15 minutes? I can do it. We're talking about exercising mercy. There's some things you and I can do that will promote God blessing you. 
blessing your family. One we learned was exercising mercy. In other words, if you, if you sow mercy, you're going to what? Reap it. So go around, just like Jesus said, doing good, healing all that are oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. In other words, go around and don't, if people are all upset about coronavirus, say, well, let's pray. Do you know Jesus? If you were to die tonight of the coronavirus, do you know where you'd go? See? Use it. Exercise mercy. The next one we said, you need to love God and keep his commandments. These are things you can do, practical things. Say, love God and keep his commandments. And then I, 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 I made a list of things that you, a love test. Say, love test. Okay. And these are things that you can do to help promote God's mercy in your life and prove that you love him. The first thing we learned was you need to practice instant obedience to God in his word. If you love God, you're going to practice what? Instant obedience to God in his word. See, now I want to, I want to tell you something. You were obedient in coming to church today. There are people home not going to church. As far as I'm concerned, that's disobedience. Oh, you're so stupid. Well, listen, if you're elderly, I understand your immune system's low. Didn't stop you, did it? No. But, you know, you have to do some things in the heat of battle. You don't retreat. There's times you, you advance. Then the second thing we learn is you follow Jesus' example of depending on God. Who do we depend upon? God, we depend upon his word. Amen? When things get tough, you run to God, not away from God. If you're home today, you're running away from God. Well, I'm watching it on online. I'll say something. Well, I won't say that. It wouldn't be nice. <laughs> I'm going to move on. Ten years ago, I would have said it, but I'm not going to today. Here's, I want you to look at the next one. I'll give you one, and then and I'll read the other's titles, and we'll quit. A love test here. You need to, and I need to, if you truly love God and want to keep his commandments, you will align your will with God's will. Let me say it again. If you love God, you will align your will. Say, I have a will. You will align your will with God's will. Now, I'll just read the scriptures. You can jot them down if you want to. Matthew 6.10, Jesus said, your kingdom come. Your will, Father, will be done. John 5.30, I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. John 6.38, Jesus said, for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Oh, I long for the day when people come to church and say, oh, not my will, but your will be done. Philippians 2, verse 8, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Hebrew 10, 
Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5 says, Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come in the volume of the book it is written of me to do your will, O God. These are all utterances of Jesus. Matthew 26, verse 39, it says, He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Now look in your Bible, so Isaiah 50. Isaiah chapter 50. We're talking about lining up your will with God's will. Isaiah 50 and verse 4, and this is prophetic. This applies to the Messiah, to Jesus. He says in verse 4, The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak. A word in season to him who's weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear. Now listen, are you, are you looking? What's it say here? And I was not, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. I was not rebellious. I looked up that word rebellious in the Hebrew. It's mara or mara, M-A-R-A-H, M-A-R-A-H, for the word rebellious, and it means disobedience. Say disobedience. It means to be perverse. It means to rebel. It means to reject a divine command. It means to oppose. Now, this is the one that, that just popped out of the page. And I want you to leave remembering this. For rebellion, it means to be bitter. Say rebellion means to be bitter. B-I-T-T-E-R. It means to be bitter. You remember in, in, in the Old Testament, in Exodus chapter 15, the children of Israel could not drink. They were on their journey. They came to the well of Merah. This is where the word comes from for rebellion. They couldn't drink it because the water was bitter. Now listen, and, and this, this might not be your problem today, but it, this is preventative medicine. Bitterness is a condition that follows or accompanies disobedience to God's will. Let me read it again. Bitterness is a condition that follows or accompanies disobedience to God's will. If your will and my will is not submitted to God's will, then you're in rebellion. Now, I want, you to, I want this to sink in. Bitterness is a condition that follows or accompanies disobedience to God's will. If your will is not submitted to God's will, you are in rebellion. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12.
we're talking about a love test. And you might say, preacher, Pastor Mike, I'm not in rebellion. Well, that's good. But before you pop up and say, I'm not in rebellion, maybe you better check your heart. Maybe I better check my heart. I don't want you to be in rebellion to God's will. I don't want my sheep to be in rebellion to God's will. I got to tell you a funny story to kind of lighten the moment. I went into McDonald's Saturday to get my coffee. I get senior coffee every morning. And it was snowy, so I put on my boots. I don't care what I look like. I had my, my boots tucked in, in the, my pants tucked in the boots, and I walk in, and this, this old boy farmer, I must have been a farmer, just this old boy comes up to me and says, you got cattle? I thought, oh. I said, no, I got sheep. <laughs> I wasn't lying. He looked at me, yeah? I said, I said, yeah, I got sheep. I'm a preacher. Then it didn't register. And he looked at me and he says, you, you got sheep? I said, I'm just lazy today. I put my boots on. I walked out. You know, he, he didn't get it. Didn't get it. I do have sheep, don't I? Amen. I'm a shepherd of sheep. Um, well, where was I at? Hebrews chapter 12. Look at verse 14. It's so important. I want you to to pass the love test and make sure your heart is not in rebellion. It says this in Hebrews 12, verse 14. It says, verse 12, or 14, verse 12, what did I say? 12, verse 14. It says, Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down on the feeble knees. Make straight paths for your feet, so that which is lame may not be dislocated, but rather let it be healed. Pursue peace. Pursue what? Peace with all people, not just the ones you love. And holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Now, look at this. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any what? Root of Bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by this many become defiled. Bitterness is like a cancer. If you're in rebellion, and I, you know, like I said, you might say, I, I'm not in rebellion. Well, before you say that, say, Holy Spirit, show me areas in my life I'm in rebellion. If God tells you to give and you don't give, you're in rebellion. If God tells you to tithe and you don't tithe, you're in rebellion. You know in your heart you're supposed to be in church when the doors are open. If you're not, you're in rebellion. Now, I know you got a job. Don't get take this wrong. you got kids that are sick. I understand that. But, I, but if you're home today because you don't want to go to church and get the coronavirus, as far as I'm concerned, you're in rebellion to God's will because fear is dominating your life and not God. Bitterness is like a cancer. Now, Psalm 40, verse 8. Don't need to turn there. David said, I delight to do your will. Oh, my God. I what? Delight. So you and I should take delight in doing the will of God. Right? I delight to do your will, oh, my God. 
and, say and, your law is within my heart. I think there's a connection there. I delight to do your will, oh my God, and your law is within my heart. You get the word of God in you, in your heart. Like today, we try to give you perspective of this coronavirus. I tell you where to go watch so you get eternal perspective. You get the word of God put in you, you're not going to be in fear. You're actually going to be excited for what is coming in the days ahead. Not afraid, but excited for what God is going to do. What God is going to do, not only in your life, but in the young people. God's going to do some things in young people's lives. Children. I believe that with all my heart. David took pleasure in. He loved and desired to do the Father's will because God's word was in his heart. God's word and his will are the same. If you desire to do his will, you will put his word in your heart. 1 Peter 4, verse 1 says that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of man, but for the will of God. You should say this with me. I should no longer live the rest of my time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. From now on, if you're a born-again, spirit-filled believer... You are not your own. You don't belong just to you. You belong to God. And He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. And you need to get near Him and draw near to Him. He'll draw near to you and He'll give you perspective. He'll show you what you need to do. We need a a group of young people to rise up, be strong in these last days. Not weak and wimpy. But strong, as you can tell, I like strong. I married strong. You're so hard on her, Pastor Mike. No, I'm not. She's tough. She's a strong person. Okay, now, this is how you end the message. I have one, two, three, four other points. Here's how we do it. If you want the love test. Can you get the last slide up for me, Caleb, please? This is the love test. I'm not going to go into it, but the, the last four are keep his commandments. Say keep his commandments. The next one is lay down your life for others. The next one was love others. And this is a good one. The last one is hate evil. Say hate evil. Psalm 97.10 says you love the Lord. If you love the Lord, hate, ev- hate evil. So here's the last one. You got her? Be number five or four. There you go. Questions to consider. Do I practice instant obedience to God in His Word? Do I follow Jesus' example in Scripture by only doing what I see my Father doing? Number three, is my will aligned with God's will? Do I keep the Father's commandments? Do I lay down my life for others? Do I love my neighbor as myself? Do I hate evil? There's the love test. Have you passed it? If there's areas you need to work on, work on them. Amen? Stand to your feet this morning. Say, I'm not afraid of the coronavirus. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I can do 
all things through Christ who strengthens me. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even my faith. No word, no faith. Get the word. Amen. Father, I bless this people and I call them healthy. I call them strong. I thank you, Lord God, you've redeemed us from the curse of the law. Jesus was made a curse for us. I thank you, Lord, coronavirus is a curse. And Lord, you are God that blesses. And so, Father, I declare the people of Harvest Church are prospering and in health even as their soul prospers. I thank you, Father. They're blessed coming in today, and they're blessed going out. And signs, wonders, and miracles follow them day by day, even this week, Father. I thank you for opening up new doors for them to witness. New doors, Lord God, to encourage others. New doors, Lord, that they can be a living example of Jesus Christ. So, Father, I thank you, Father, for your goodness and mercy manifested for the people of Harvest Church this week. Thank you, Lord. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And so, Lord God, we give you all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, tonight... At 5 o'clock, we'll pray. We don't, we usually we accomplish a lot in 30 minutes. And then remember, now, who's going to be here next Sunday? Greg Fritz will be here Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night. Guess what? School's canceled. No excuse. No excuse. Did Wayne cancel? Didn't he really? No excuse. I like to give him a bad time. So um, plan on that with we'll have four great meetings. They'll be I, I'll tell you ahead of time. They'll be prophetic. He's very prophetic. What a wonderful teacher. Very evangelistic. So if you have lost or, you know, loved ones or family members, invite them. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you tonight at five.